everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here, and today I'm talking with Betsy Vaughan. And wow, what a difference a week makes. It was just last week that I was talking with Sam, and uh, any thought of, of lockdowns never really entered the conversation. And this week we're in quite a different place. So we wanted to make the best of the situation. Definitely uncertain times, but there's a lot of of good that we see out there as people, as organizations are looking to try and engage customers and add value and and make this as least painful as it can be. And one of the interesting things that's really coming up now that we're kind of a, a week into the the stronger restrictions is to see how people are adapting. So this episode, we're looking at some of those examples, some of the opportunities that it presents, and really looking for ways that you can make the most of what is undoubtedly a pretty catastrophic situation in in some circumstances to really position yourself to stay engaged with people and then be there once the brakes come off and everything returns to normal with, uh, with huge air quotes. So hopefully this will be um, something of a distraction to the uh, to the other news that's out there hopefully there'll be some great ideas that you can take and run with and um, look forward to getting this out to everyone as always if you've got any questions or if there's anything that we can help with then just shoot us an email and um, and we'll reply also towards the end of the episode i talk about some facebook lives that i'm going to do over the coming few days so if you don't yet follow the facebook page just head over to facebook.com forward slash 90 minute books and hit follow and then you'll get notified when we're going to do the facebook lives and we're going to go through the eight mindsets of the book blueprint scorecard just if you're at home trying to think of a book as a way to engage customers then hopefully this will give you some useful hints and tips and and um, and really just a way for us to share some of our insights with you guys so with that slightly extended introduction here's um here's me and betsy betsy vaughan hello how are you good I'm thank you done, uh, done, i didn't want to wrestle with me oh. <laughs> jumped on the oh. Yeah, <laughs> wants to be close. Tell him yeah. that's not six feet apart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna work. I'm gonna use this for years. Like so we're gonna keep our distance still. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. well, usually we have a bit of a preamble before we record, but we kind of did that off the conference line. Uh-huh. So I think we should just start going today. Uh, and. Uh, Things being very different this week from last week, let's embrace that and do this a little bit differently. <laughs> All right, okay, let's go. It's a brave new world. Um, <laughs> so I think today, given how uh, peculiar things are, I wanted to mix the show up a little bit and rather than just focus entirely on book-related things, which I'm sure we'll reference a lot, this last, so we recorded, what is it, Friday the 20th today. So mm-hmm. I'm back up at home in pennsylvania you're down in florida a little bit of a different situation going on out and about in the world so pennsylvania now or philadelphia is on in fact i think the whole of pennsylvania is on um pretty although they're not calling it it's almost the same as the shelter in place in california all non-essential businesses are closed people working from home there isn't quite the shelter in place mandate for people so some people are still out and about um, just 
walking around but it's definitely a move towards that direction florida i think is a little bit behind or not quite at that point yet there's closures unfortunately yeah yeah (laughs) so we've got you know we've got the beaches closed some of them but it's not it's not mandated throughout the entire state so um i think that's really what we're hearing a little bit of um complaints about we have a lot of um tourists here right now with spring break season and um that folks who want to extend their spring break because they have nothing else right. to do at home. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so we haven't hit, you know, um, as many closures or closures as I thought. I'm a little surprised that people are still, you know, I've had friends who are in certain industries, the, the hair industry and massage therapy industry, and they're, you know, their businesses are completely shut down because of that one-on-one contact. So, um, yeah, starting, starting to see it. Yeah, for sure. So over this week, obviously talking with different clients from around the around the country, their experiences are all all pretty different as that's a moving picture. But what I wanted to look to talk about today is this idea of what people are doing both in the US and around the world to kind of take this, embrace this virtual idea and A, from the point of view of kind of just social wellness what people are doing to put stuff out in the world and and how they're giving value or giving content to uh, both customers and non-customers and then kind of bridging that or kind of expanding that into okay well this is probably going to be the new reality definitely for weeks probably for months and uh, hopefully not much longer than that but what people are doing to embrace the virtual world and how that can bridge into client work at the end of the day because we all need to move from whatever the old model was to the to the current model and whilst there are certain industries which as you say there's it's very difficult to have any idea of a a massage therapy business doing any work whilst there's there's social distancing in place but a number of other businesses financial advisors that we talk about a lot i mean even florists and flower delivery companies in theory that could continue to work i'm trying to think of those examples that are kind of on the edge of of not very obviously unaffected or potentially unaffected but but not in a kind of shutdown state like a a restaurant with with no takeout would be so yeah so it'd be interesting to talk about that i think it's a great great time to talk about it so the one that sprang to mind immediately or got me thinking about this last night is um, Lucy's obviously at home as well here. Yesterday, she was doing a virtual Pilates class with uh, with a friend of hers who's a Pilates instructor. So that was a Zoom call that they'd dialed into. The CrossFit gym that I'm a member of up here, they've, had to, they've been closed now for a week. So they lent or signed out some equipment to all of the members, just like dumbbells and uh, kettlebells, that type of thing, and mats. That's awesome. And they've yeah. been running. Yeah, they've been running Zoom classes. So they mm-hmm. online had, like most CrossFit gyms, I think online had listed their workout of the day for a long time. Um, but they've augmented that by the day before doing a video, um, like a guided um warm-up and and movement video and then actually once a day doing a zoom class as well so those were some the ideas that made me first think about it and then last night lucy was talking about uh, philadelphia zoo this week they're doing guided tours um where they're picking one animal or one area 
a day and then having the um i was gonna say wardens and they're not wardens what do you call the uh <laughs> who are the people look after the, the animals yeah the caretakers um, the, the, yeah the, the zookeeper, the zookeeper. <laughs> zookeeper. Yeah. zookeeper. Yeah, yeah thank you yeah I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm that's what the actual word is <laughs> um so <laughs> the, the keepers from the zoo are going around and getting kind of in an in-depth look at the animals which is really something that you wouldn't get otherwise even doing tours physically at the zoo where the people they do like the show and tell and the walk around you don't get opportunity to see that behind the scenes image you don't get the one-on-one interaction that you get in with the uh, with the animal keepers who actually know intimately each individual animal and they've got the time now to do it on a on a broadcast on a webinar type sense um, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's really, um, it's, it's fun for the time now because I know people, you know, I, I work from home, so this is, this is my norm. Um, so I don't have that sense of, oh my gosh, I can't escape, you know, this is what I do most days, right. you know, from eight to six. So, um, this is, it, it's, but the, these options that are popping up, you know, with the zoos and, um, the, all the fitness classes. I, it's hard for me to do a fitness class in my living room because I have three dogs that think that because I'm on the floor, they want to play. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting when I'm screaming, trying to do you know some sit ups and there's like a variation on UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, so yeah. So but just having all of these options, I think, is so so great that people you know can do things and and nobody should be bored at this point. I mean that there really are. Now you can't go shopping and you can't, you're not going to school, but there's so much that, that's going on. I had shared, um, I've watched several concerts that just sort of started with um, Chris Martin and Cold from Coldplay. He did well, one. Was that wasn't, that. Yeah. 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 And so then um, like he challenged John Legend to do it. And then so John Legend did one and he challenged, I think, Charlie Puth. And so it's kind of now it's going on. So I've watched several concerts. Yeah, and they're just, it's just many, you know, 10 songs, but it's just an experience, something different. Somebody I may not have, I've never seen John Legend in concert. So, you know, it's kind of fun to sit and see him doing those things. And just that interaction, you know, is is kind of nice. And so I have a couple of other ones that um, I heard about. And so those are lined up because I love music. So um, that's something fun, you know, for me. I think it's interesting how technology plays a part as well. So with dean was talking about he was on a um on a group with tacky moore when they were doing one of their black belt presentations from uh, their groups out of australia so the virtual meeting that they had was on zoom he we were talking this morning and he was saying that it was a pretty seamless in fact for him a superior experience because there was no travel involved in all of that type of headache. The mm-hmm. actual experience of being in the room because the screen was shared in a way that all of the attendees could see each other. There was the presentation, the, the on-screen stuff that would previously maybe have been taken just scribbling on a piece of paper or doing something on a projected screen that is in a room. And we've all been in conferences where the projected screens, I mean, it's never 
as bright as just looking at the desktop in front of you. So mm. practically speaking, seeing what was being talked about was clearer. They were then had breakout mm. sessions, which were seamlessly um, facilitated. So wow. of the, I don't know how many members there were, but uh, Dean was describing it as there were several breakout groups to discuss and, and go into the, the particular point that was being talked about. Now, I'm sure you've been to events as of I, as of people listening, where at the point of a breakout or that type of thing, either two things happen. Either it's five minutes worth of turn to the person next to you and describe it, which <laughs> is um, somewhat forced and noisy and isn't the most practical of things to do. If you're there with someone that you know, you're always talking to the same people. Um, if they break out for a longer session into other rooms, then you lose 10 minutes on either side, just corralling people in and out of a room to break out. Whereas this was immediately available. It was immediately split. It was taken and split in a way that means each group was split into, um, they didn't know who they were going to get separated and talk to. So each one of the breakout sessions was with a different group of people it was immediately available so it's really just a much yeah. more practical way of doing things so point being that the technology that's available is makes it much more seamless and much more of an option than even five years ago you were talking about the concerts that the guys were doing on facebook live and instagram live um instagram maybe not but facebook certainly you can have shared um I forget what they call it, but there's like shared watching experiences where uh -huh, within uh -huh. your group, you can coordinate the watching of something that's within your group and still have that shared experience with your group of friends, but just delivered in a virtual way. You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people, I think, are hesitant to to jump into that whole virtual thing. You know, people, I think old school, they want to be in the same room, sitting around that table. Um and so I think this is one of those, it's going to force our hand, you know, in order to get right. things done in the workplace that, you know, people who may not have done in the past are, are going to have to jump in if they want to continue, you know, certain businesses or just, you know, meeting like financial guys meeting with clients. I and mean, that's not an option at this point. So, you know, if you can, can set up to do that, I think it's going to open up um, a whole, a whole you know, world been, for, for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. It's been so interesting. So one of my coaching clients is a financial guy it's up in um in um Michigan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just completely blanked the state there. <laughs> um yeah, up there. So they're not in a lockdown. Um they've they are still they're in the office working from the office they've still got clients coming in, but they do a lot of class based stuff and obviously um, the last one or the, the most recent one they had was last night. The attendance of that was down 60%, I think, just because people are voluntarily not wanting to go into that environment. And we'd been talking in the week before about moving it to a, a virtual option. And this really now has kind of forced their hand, but forced it in a way that's going to be so much more beneficial because we were already yeah. talking before any of this started about the capacity constraints and the overhead of running the physical things and just the limitations of it. So we were looking right. at a way of trying to exponentially grow that. And obviously digital delivery is a way of achieving yeah. that. But even for their one-on-one -on -one onboarding meetings, they were very much of a mindset that even if we virtualized some of the class stuff, all of the onboarding still needed to be 
person to person, but they had their mm. first virtual onboarding um, on what day we know Friday, so it must have been Wednesday. So some people were scheduled to come into the office. They decided they didn't want to make it, so the guy said, oh, "Well, let's do it. Uh, let's do it online instead." And they went through all of the same stuff and had a successful outcome. They onboarded the people That's as awesome. clients. I was going to ask you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. that experience, and even that was. Um, I was saying to them, "So Monday, we're going to do the first virtual class on Monday." I said, "It's such a great mm. opportunity because we'd already done some of the work to." move it towards that the on the in-person stuff the meetings really drifted towards three hours um and that doesn't work in a people's Mm, attention isn't that great for for just online stuff so we'd already done some of the work towards condensing it and kind of separating out what needs to be delivered now compared with what can be done later but i said you've really got the benefit of whatever you do on tuesday on monday sorry is going to have goodwill from the audience because everyone knows that everyone's kind of laying the track as they go for the next couple of weeks. This is best endeavors all around as opposed to if you just tried to do this three months ago and the online experience wasn't crystal clear and perfectly smooth, then people would be less willing to accept that because there isn't where we are now and everyone's trying to do their best. You don't get that goodwill coming across. So now if anything is a great time to, because one of the debates was, okay, well, should we just pull the next class and then come April, we'll see where we are and try and get a virtual one there. But it really is anything that you can do immediately just has this added benefit of you're showing willing at trying to do best endeavors of sharing some information with people in the best way possible. And people are going to be much more forgiving to technical glitches than they would be without this. And then April, you've got one or two of them under your belt. Um, That's great. That's great. It'll be interesting to follow um, the the people you're talking about and see how, how it all, how it is new to them. Like you said, somebody who's done it before. And I wonder if you're somebody who's used to doing, you know, business this way. And there are people, it seems like a lot of our clients who are like in Australia and other places, pretty much Australia, they all want to have, you know, Skype phone calls with me always, you know, right. that, or Zoom or they, they, so it seems to be a big thing. So I wonder if like you tend to at this point, like, okay, I'm going to blow it off because that's just, it's not a new thing. Or, or if you're, you're at home, I don't want to do that now because I'm in my pajamas or the kids are running around or, you know, if it'll, if it'll change that dynamic, but people who are new to it, you know, like you said, it's kind of, it's sort of, it's it's a new thing. There's some flexibility and people will give a little bit of grace because of technical difficulties and people had all these things planned and they want to continue doing things. They have nothing else to do if they're at home. And so maybe those people will, Right. Necessity is such the mother of invention. I mean, it really does remove objections because it gets to the point where there's no other choice. There was, I think it was a Washington Post article yesterday that I was looking just at kind of, I don't really keep up on the news that much. I'll just kind of drop into Apple News every now and then and see which of the, what are the headlines. So I think there was a story there where they interviewed about 30 people saying, okay, what do you think the long-term differences will be here? And they were talking about social dynamics and healthcare it might force the hand on healthcare and uh, some things like that. But one of the points that they were making was about technology and the adoption of technology and how, um, and again, this was something that Dean mentioned when we were chatting this morning, saying that if you look back in history, big external threats or or, um, 
forced changes that kind of stretch the envelope on what people are used to, it's then very rarely that the things that make things more convenient go back to a previous state. Mm. So no matter where what happens in the next six months, a lot of the things which now turn out to be more convenient that people were just resistant to try because of normal apathy or resistance or fear of change, all of those types of things, because it's now forced, that bubble, that envelope will expand to meet the the new paradigm. So I think options for, not for everything, because we were talking about this before, um, offline before we jumped on to record the podcast but we were talking about this idea of what now becomes virtual and what is still physical as far as meetings and conferences goes i think there's still definitely a place for the physical things going forwards because there is something inescapably good about having eye-to-eye contact with someone but that's not the case for everything and like you were saying with the guys in australia even coming from the uk i mean it's much more used I th- right. the circle it's much more used in the uk because you're dealing with like with australia you're dealing with people in the u.s so often that you mm-hmm. have to employ technology because you're not going to place a long distance call from australia to the u.s when you could just do them on skype and have a much clearer line for right. a fraction of the cost if anything so you know you think about um going you're talking about going forward you know five, six, eight months down the road. And I think people will have the thought that, oh, no, we'll just do this temporarily, you know, because of the circumstances. But when you start to try to have those in-person meetings and you've become custom over the course of, you know, three to six months of doing them this way, you know, it really opens up so much more, not just for now, but for down the road. You know, you can have that option of let's do it virtually because we've had that success. But if we have to do it in-house, okay, you know, occasionally that's going to bring itself up. But even if, like, weather changes, you know how many things get canceled? Right. I live in Florida. I'm Florida, so some <laughs> things get canceled for weather or the thought of weather. And so, but, you know, but you're, you're someplace and, and things have to, you know, oh, my gosh, the weather's bad or, you know, there's a potential hurricane. Don't anybody leave or a snowstorm or whatever. Oh, you know what? Let's just do this online. And I think people are going to be more yeah. comfortable doing this virtually, you know, down the road. Um, it won't be a, oh, we just need to cancel completely kind of thing. It'll just be stay where you are and let's, let's get down to business. So um, it will be interesting so to follow that. and see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you were saying, the, the fact that people have to jump through those hoops now to get it set up, that's 20 units of effort to get something set up has to be spent now because there's no way around it but the fortunate thing is you don't have to spend that 20 units every time once it's set up it can then just be two units of effort to execute whereas doing something live might take five units of effort so a net win over the long term um i think with that in in mind the this idea of what is happening now that you can benefit from long term as far as the your business goes strategizing and thinking about the end goal is the next step so where we are at the moment and probably for the next week or two we're really in survival mode in the sense that a lot of things are changing very quickly and like with pennsylvania i mean last week it was really the case of okay this is closed now this is closed now this is closed Mm -hmm. so you take the even just the gym as an example just because i was kind of in tune with all of their messages it was okay we've got enhanced cleaning 
when you come in, make sure you wash your hands. Okay, now we're putting distant, we're limiting the classes to 15 people so that there's definitely not, people aren't sharing equipment and there's spacing between everyone to, okay, now we're not taking drop-ins, we're only taking members to now, okay, we've got reduced hours, now we're closed. Like every day it was something, 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 every something. Every day, yeah. Yeah, there was only one underlying issue but still the the symptoms of it were being thrust in your face every day and that's the same for magnify that against all businesses across all states as they're moving so now we're getting to a stage where okay once we go into there's only two stages from where we are now really pennsylvania as i said has gone into kind of a shelter in place type model not quite as explicit as california's but we're, we're only one step before that so that's one step and then after that the only other possible option is that there's a a quantity where people can't go out and there's no food delivery or there's no you can't go to the grocery stores or anything now that is mm-hmm. very impractical for a number of reasons so i doubt it would get to that so we're almost at the, the end game of it can't go out for anything apart from essential stuff can't go to the office need to work from home so although we're in and states that are a little bit behind the curve on that we'll need to get to that point but once we've got to that point we now come out of the survival mode type stuff into the okay this is the new reality so in that survival mode everyone's partly thinking about okay well what can we do to keep business going and just dealing with the consequences of what the difference is so the next step is to think about that in a bit more of an orchestrated way. So with this being the new reality, what can we do to best position it so it's going to be the most successful over the coming months, assuming nothing changes? So sticking with the example of the financial advisor guys, just because that example I think is, using that as an example, it's easier for people to comprehend and understand and then switch it into your own business as, as we're talking about it. I guess a quick caveat before we go on, though, is the unavoidable sympathy for people who absolutely have physical based businesses where it's very difficult to do anything else. Um, yeah. I mean, even for those without wanting to sound glib about it and say, oh, there's an always there's always a way through. It's the, it's the, an opportunity to try and find the best alternative or the, or the least bad alternative. So if yeah. it is like a massage therapist is the one I think about, okay, what can you possibly do there if people aren't actually coming in, but they may be yeah. doing stuff online where you're delivering stuff to customers. They can't actually come in to get fixed. There might be an absolute revenue crunch at some point, but in the meantime, if you can keep that engagement going in the hopes that this is short lived enough so that you can survive through the emergency times and then come out, ready to go on the other side of it when people are free to come back in. But for that group of people, even delivering like manual uh, release therapy, like people massaging themselves or using foam rollers or using a cork from a wine bottle to to (laughs) release risk, anything that you can do to help self guide people and keep that engagement there until you are, until they are able to come back in. Um, well, you know, I'm, it's is- funny you're saying that. I, I bought the massage therapist because I, the, my massage therapist, um, you know, she's a one-man band, and right. she's a single mom. And so I I literally have worried about her so much, you know, like thinking, what what is she going to do? And, I, you know, I didn't even, I mean, I truly, I mean, I've been trying to think about, like, what can I do? I can go buy a gift certificate or two from her, you know, but I'm just one person, you know. Yeah. Um, 
but really, I think that would be a great, you know, like she has a great Facebook page and that would be a great way to stay connected, you know, put some stuff out and make some suggestions. And I'm just going to reach out. I'm going to give you full credit for all that. But um, I'm going to say, listen, we were talking and Stuart said, and so, um, right. you know, give her some ideas to really, because like the big names, you're like, I have, I go to a, a national chain gym and they have just, you know, like same thing, they bombarded me with emails and they're all over Facebook and they're not just for members, but they've opened, you know, if you go to their Facebook page, they're doing everyday exercise, you know, they've got somebody on there, yeah. you know, that's live doing it. And so um, I think that staying connected um, is really going to be key to survival for so many people, you know. Um, I think that for the... For the financial advisor guys, we sent out a mail. Um, it's gone out today, actually, with um, they as well as working with with us and working with me. They have connections with a whole number of other financial advisor training type organisations. So there was another big group of there was another marketing group that had sent out a templated message say, "Hey, you should send this to all of your clients," and it was. I think it was either Monday or Tuesday. So it was after the markets were crashing pretty badly. Mm. And the message was just full of fear and doom and markets are crashing. It's unprecedented. You absolutely have to do something now and it's going to be catastrophic. And um, if you don't do something now, you'll regret it. All of this. And we're saying that's not the message to send out. If that was me as a recipient of that, I would unsubscribe straight away. So there's always that caveat of, don't necessarily want to personal opinion to cover the actual statistical results and that email or an email like that would definitely get a response but what can we do so the thing that we're trying to do is send out a communication piece to show thought leadership to the people who know like and trust you and at uncertain scary times are looking for um looking for a sense of certainty or hope or just something that they can grab onto as a a, a rock in a storm type thing so instead we sent out a message that was saying um first of all hope that you're not directly affected from it these are scary times but we've got through this before but i'm sure you've got plenty of information about the medical side of things so i just want to concentrate on the financial side of things because that's what we uh, we're experts in at times like this there are some things you can do something about and some things you can't do something about so it's it's beneficial to concentrate on those things that you can address and then just let go of the things that you can't. The reason I mention that is exactly the same for the massage therapist. And I think about Sandy in, in Winterhaven, who I, right. mean, I don't know that you've seen Sandy, but Dean Luber see Sandy. I see Sandy when I'm down yeah. there, Dick and Lillian, all of our group of people know Sandy pretty well. And her business is exactly as you were describing your therapist. Mm-hmm. It's all literally hands-on stuff. So if people can't come in, I know this isn't the case in Florida yet, but if people can't physically come in, if you can't go to see them, then that's nothing you can do about that. But what you can do is do things to position yourself as best as possible so that as soon as the brakes are off, as soon as people are released, then you're in a position to move forward. So by staying in contact with people, by giving them stuff to do themselves because at the end of the day, what else are you going to do? I mean, you could sit at home and do nothing, but that's not particularly practical either. So trying to get ahead of it and do something, even if that something is terrible, 
but it's one better than catastrophic. So, I mean, again, it, right. it sounds Well, weird, I think it also, when you're busy, I mean, I, I know you feel this way, but like, an, an, you know, an idle mind is, is dangerous, you know, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. You know, so um, I think if, you, if you're in an industry where you can't go to work or you physically can't see clients or what have you, then like you said, doing something, um, even if it's, it's small and it may not be the prettiest and it might, you know, but doing something, I think, kind of keeps you in that mindset of work. And I think if you're stressed about it, it might be a way to take some of that relief off of you, you know, that, right. that it, you know, like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay bills? Or I need to keep moving and just, you know, sort of keep that positive, uh, like yourself. If I got an email that was all doom and gloom, I would be, okay, I'm finished with that, you know. Yeah, um, particularly in the moment. Because so, yeah. on the one hand, it seems yeah. like it's jumping on the bandwagon of fear of just putting a coronavirus name on the top of everything mm. which isn't necessarily accurate right. or, or yeah, yeah. Um, but then on the other hand there's enough bad news around so the if the objective the objective of that marketing piece is to be in front of someone to a certain yeah. degree I, I don't know whether this is the intent or not i think mainly it's it, the intent of that email with the way it was written was to be in front of someone and try and use fear and scarcity as a motivator for taking action now that's just not the way we work that doesn't resonate with yeah. us at all so it was never going to be i was never going to be too enthusiastic about it but the other up the using the idea of okay now is a point in time where we can be in front of people and the timing on that is interesting because you need to be mindful of that timing being as good as it can be. So as an example, the same group of people, we sent out an email on Friday talking about an upcoming event, the radio silence. There was no response to it at all because what else happened on late on Friday and Saturday, everything started shutting down. I flew back up to Philly on Friday and the last I saw you on Friday morning, the difference between Friday morning and Monday morning I mean, oh, yeah. holy cow, that weekend was like a month's worth of change. Yeah. So the timing piece is definitely important, but you can't always control that. So sending something out that's as timely as possible with a not being kind of toned after everything else that's going on, but also the, the what then goes out and you've got the choice of sending out something that is that is adding to the fear or something that provides thought leadership and positivity and a yeah. way for someone to start to take that action. Um, yeah. With those guys, I'm conscious that you need to head off. We're kind of running up against time right. today. Um, but one thing I just quickly wanted to say yeah. was this idea of, of the next phase. So where we are at the moment and next week, depending on where you are in the country and the specifics, we're kind of on the edge of that, that, um, that's scary. We're dealing with the, the the crisis situation as it's all changing so quickly and moving into, okay, this is the new reality and what do we need to do to best position it? So one of the things that we were working on with the financial advisors is, okay, we're moving to an online model. We know that in the event space, as we're doing the, the retirement planning classes, then the main conversion step is that individually the staff are talking to people and booking them in there and then at the meeting to the one-on-one in-office in meetings where we actually go through their numbers. So that's obviously not going to happen because we're not physically there. We know that people's attention is going to be different in the physical environment, in the on the online environment. So we've got the opportunity of the people who have stayed on the line to the end, and we've got the opportunity of people who have dropped off. But we've got 
we can follow up with them by email. But knowing that the outcome is still the same, that we still want to do this one-on-one work with people. Now, whether that is now online or physically in the office, that mm. doesn't matter so much. But the the event that we want, this minimum viable commitment to the next step, is a commitment to spend time and go through one-on-one on the numbers. Knowing that as the outcome, in the thing that we create as the online course, we can now sow the seeds of that language throughout the course. So when we're talking and describing things, we can describe them saying, okay, so theoretically, here are the numbers that needs to be important. Obviously, it really, where the rubber meets the road is where we're looking at your numbers and for you all vary. So in the next step, we'll go through the one-on-one, we'll go through the practical part of this course as we're looking at your numbers. And then we'll be able to plug in exactly what your number is here and number is here. And then depending on what the outcome is, that will impact what the recommendation is so this idea of and this is where we'll leave it but this idea of we're in a critical moment where we're scrambling around to do something both from a social good point of view and just give people value and really contribute to society but also from a marketing or business point of view to stay in touch and stay front of mind with people in the next couple of days or the next week just do anything anything is better than nothing but then as we're moving into the new reality of how we're kind of trying to maximize this effort and a deliver the best value but b guide people towards that next minimum viable commitment step that leads them towards where we want people to go then think about orchestrating it as the chess player as the what are the three moves ahead that we want them to do that is going to be best for them to do and then how do we work that back and include that in the language of the thing that we're creating now in the moment does that make sense right yeah it does and i think it's going to be interesting to see you know to follow this over the next few months and see how things turn out um yeah in the, in the long run so necessity um, is definitely the mother of invention i think so right, will right. i know that you've got it you've got to head out so we'll leave it there in the um in the in the spirit of kind of of giving people value in a time that they're at home i think what i'm going to do is do a couple of facebook lives over the next week or two and just run through the yeah. book blueprint scorecard so yeah. as people start uh coming to terms with a different time scale then working through the if you've got a book on the mind whether you're doing it with us or or doing it yourself then the scorecard is a great way and for us it's a really valuable thing that we can give to you to to work through and help um contextualize these ideas that create a great book so i'm going to do a facebook live over the next couple of days or a couple of facebook lives addressing the eight mindsets so if you're not following the 90 minute books facebook group um the page sorry then head over to i'll put a link in the show notes as well but obviously facebook.com forward slash 90 minute books and then just uh hit uh, like and follow there and you'll get the notification of when we go live and if you've got any questions in the meantime then we're obviously here like betsy was saying we're working from home anyway so uh just shoot us a message to either support or hello at 90 minute books and we'll be here to answer any questions that you've got and whatever help we can be happy to provide that help all righty well thanks everyone uh chin up as they say in the uk and uh wash your hands very healthy which, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and um we'll be here to uh to help if you've got any questions so just give us a shout um otherwise like i say keep it on the facebook page and um i'll, I'll be doing those facebook lives on the scorecard in the meantime betsy Thanks for your time.
Always a pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you in the next one.